Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is another episode of Kotaku's Split Screen. Thank you, as always, for listening. Today, Kirk and I are going to talk a little bit about how to build a PC and how difficult it may or may not be. We might get into some uh, thermal paste talk, so get ready. This is, yep, another episode of Thermal Paste Talk with Kirk and Jason. Anyway, we're also going to talk a little bit about the games we've been playing, some Box Box Boy, some Zero Time Dilemma, some... uh, Oculus Rift slash VR gems, and if you're lucky, maybe we'll talk a little bit about Destiny. Who knows? You never know on Kotaku Split Screen. Let's get started. Okay, we are back for another episode. My name is Jason Shire. As always, I am here with Kirk Hamilton. Hi, Kirk. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? And it is July. It is the the worst month of the year, by like objectively speaking. Uh, if you ranked all the months, July would be on the bottom. July is kind of a bad month. Why? Why do you think July is a bad month? So okay, so in New York, where I live, mm-hmm. not only does it get it gets super humid and super hot. It's like a like a you smell garbage everywhere. It feels like a imagine that you lived inside a giant sauna that was also inside of a garbage truck and that would be New York City in July. That sounds lovely. But also really lovely. Yeah, it's also like uh, sports purgatory because mm-hmm. basketball has just ended and football hasn't started yet. Uh, football season is obviously the best time of the year, but uh, July is just like it's the doldrums. There's all all there is to watch on TV is fucking baseball, and all the shows are over because it's summer. So like, there's no spring or fall TV to keep you occupied. It's mm-hmm. just terrible, man. The weather is a bummer. There's kind of no games too. This is like always the month where we we joke around about there being no dead time but i'd say the closest thing to a dead time that we have is july is july and there's kind of that malaise that that it's like it's not like a great downtime it isn't like oh it's so exciting i can go play all the things i haven't played even though i do do that there is kind of that feeling of just like yeah to july yeah i know what you mean i know what you mean and then when august starts at least it's like all right we're like finally things are picking up there's some games coming out Mm -hmm. this year it's like no man's sky and deus ex are coming in august and then preseason football starts which is kind of lame but it at least gets you hyped up for regular football to start and the weather gets a little bit better but yeah just like july is just the worst Mm-hmm. July Fourth is okay. Did you have a good July Fourth, Kirk? Uh, it was it was fine. Man, people in Oregon go real wild with the fireworks. There were it just sounded like Beirut or something. There were fireworks going off everywhere because um, so they all was... get super high on legalized weed. <laughs> I guess so. It is funny that that it makes you reflect how um, how fireworks are just like kind of a bad idea in general. We were hanging out um, uh, on 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 the roof watching fireworks, and people around were. Uh, shooting up fireworks and one kind of went like some really big ones went off and this giant 
like flaming ball landed on the roof like three feet away from me it just no like way. landed did it, yeah did it like catch on fire no it kind of just went away i think it was just kind of ash but it was just basically like a flaming meteor wow. landed and it, then fireworks are going off and i'm like okay this is fun but i don't want to die so this is a little um, yeah and they're kind of boring after a little while it's like fun to watch them for a couple of minutes and yeah. then it's like okay what is this i over? think the best fireworks are finale yeah short but sweet just just blow them all up at once and exactly. then we That's just want to go home do. and yeah but, yeah, uh, in New York, it's a little, it's a little extravagant, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it was a nightmare. Oh man, so I was at my, I was, uh, my girlfriend and I were at a friend's place in Brooklyn watching the fireworks, and everyone, it turned out like we could see from the window all these people gathering in the park to watch the fireworks outside of this, uh, the, our, our friend's apartment. And so as we left to go home at like ten thirty, eleven, everyone was rushing to the subways. So it was mm, like mobs yeah. of people. It was like being at like a sporting event or a concert or something. There were cops who. Had to to point people away from all the subways, and we had to like walk uh, uh, down like ten blocks to get to another subway station. It was it was uh, uh, chaos. Yeah, it's always kind of a mess. It's that way here too, down by the river. When you go watch, I just kind of don't go down there anymore. The don't want to. Yeah, well, it. I mean, it's July, man. July just sucks. <laughs> just yeah. sucks the life out of everything. <laughs> even just even makes July everything is, chaotic. Even the big holiday sucks. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, at least there's good uh, barbecue. I guess I don't know. Yeah, sure. I guess the beach is okay. Yeah, it's a good time to go on vacation. You can go hang out in yeah, the water. Yeah, sure. sure. I've just never liked the summer. I've always felt like like fall is just so much better than the sun. Like, it's so hot, and there's sweat everywhere, and it's all gross, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Fall is just so much better of a season. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I think, like, like temperature-wise, having lived in Miami, and then in San Francisco, and now in Portland, which is, like very different like extreme temperatures i would say i prefer cool and arid to extremely hot which the summer is yeah uh, well at least it's a good excuse to stay inside and play video games or stay inside and upgrade your graphics card over and over again (laughs) as you have been doing yeah it's true it is a good time to actually it's kind of a hot i always seem to upgrade my pc over the summer and is then that a summer it's tradition? really it's really hot. So I'm like, and PCs kind of get hot anyway. So you're like opening this thing up, and then you're sweating, and it's really hot. So actually, I have these memories of building PCs in the extreme heat, um, which actually aren't really all that pleasant, I guess. But I do associate it with the season. Is this is that a tradition for you? Do you build your PC every summer? I guess so. I think maybe it, I have at least this last PC I built. I think two summers ago. And then I tend to upgrade it over the summer. I wonder why that is. I haven't actually totally interrogated that, whether it's because... Well, it's funny because you have this image of, like, an American man, like, standing outside in the summer heat <laughs> working on his car. But for, for us it's <laughs> nerds, it's like, right. oh, I'm, I'm going to work on my PC. But inside. it really is, though. It's like, you know, like, I'm, like, in my tank top, like, taking out, pulling out the GPU, plugging in the new power supply. <laughs> um, it is, like, the modern version of working on a car. And actually, there are a lot of... I always think there are a lot of similarities between working on a PC and, and working, working on, on a PC. I've never built a PC. Is it is it uh, difficult? Is it uh, an annoying thing to do? I, there are part, there are things about it that are difficult, and there are, it's not as hard as it seems. I think um, you can kind of go as far with it as you want, but I would say no. If you're v- remotely sort of technically capable, it's not that mm-hmm. hard. But also, I think people sometimes overplay how 
easy it is. Like there are people who who literally only ever owned consoles, and and they'll say, "Oh, but PC gaming is so much better. You should play PC." And they'll say, "Okay, well, how do I get one?" And you say, "Well, you you got to build one." Okay, well, it seems like it's really well. Hard. You don't have to build one. Well, right? no, right? But it's so much cheaper if you. You're do. saying hypothetically, this person I, who yes, is this, telling you, yes, right? This hypothetical person. A lot of times, people will say, "Oh, just build one. It's easy," and they'll say, "Oh, it's no problem. It's easy." And if you've only, I mean, if you've never built like plugged things into a motherboard or like done any of that before, it's not that it's so hard. It's just that it's uh, intimidating because you're working with expensive electronics and you're always right. worried you're going to break them. Yeah, well, I mean, I would be too if I was like, like it feels like you're, you're Jack Bauer in 24 connecting wires and trying right. to figure out which right. one to snip. Right. Um, yeah, I actually wrote, a, I think like a year ago, maybe, two, I guess it was when I built this PC, I wrote a couple of, of articles that, I was, that I'm still actually pretty proud of, they were happy with, they were fun, they were like the best and worst things about building a PC. Mm-hmm. That, um, that was the first time, I've built PCs before, but it was the first time I built it all by myself without, you know, any help on anything. Um, in the past, like my brother-in-law, who's an electrical engineer, would kind of come and spot me on a couple of things just because I wasn't sure what I was doing. But this time mm-hmm. I did it on my own. And it's definitely gotten easier partly because of the internet. Uh, YouTube is an amazing, is amazing now. If you're building so a PC. So wait, so talk me through it. Okay, so I, I have no plans of building a PC in the near future. Even, just though, because... I, even though I want you to, I really, one day well, I'll, I'll just, get you to. When I move to a bigger apartment, which will probably be next year at some mm-hmm. point, like in the fall or so, that's when I will build a PC, and I really will. I, will, I want to. Oh, yeah. Um, so for now, I have to uh, just rely on my old gaming laptop, which is like sort of, I think I <laughs> my current laptop runs integrated graphics, so <laughs> I can, so play, can uh, play a couple of things. You can... Undertale. Yeah, Starcraft. yeah, that's that's you know that's important. You want to be able to play Undertale. That's all on you need. Go. Yeah, that's all you need. Undertale. Anyway, um, so so for when I do want to build a PC, like how do you even get started on something like that? Do you just go online, like go to Newegg and buy a bunch of parts? Well, there's a lot of resources now. So um, the uh, the thing I've used in the past, well, actually, I don't love this website. I've used it. There's a website called PC Part Picker, which is pretty uh-huh. popular, and you go to that. And it's, Which is funny because that sounds like a sketchy, a sketchy like well, one of those, uh, kind of, weird SEO websites. That... It kind of looks like that too. Like when you go to it, it's there's a lot of stuff. Like Newegg is this way too. Like, PC part picker, we pick your parts. And it just has it's just kind of rough looking. Like it's a lot of like little you know HTML. Uh, radial boxes that you're checking and filling in and there's lots of weird pop-up ads and like a lot of like it's just not very it's not very slick it's functional but that's like kind of like i don't know newegg i feel like looks that way too like it's not okay but at least newegg is something that i've heard of for a long time like it's a brand it's a site that is more familiar to me than i mean i don't know maybe if i were in that realm i would know pc part picker but yeah go on so you find one of these websites yeah so that site is the one i've used and i usually use it just to kind of it's it's helpful if you're you know you have to pick parts that work with one another so if you pick a certain type of motherboard then you want a certain type of cpu to use with it and if you select them both in pc part picker it'll tell you you know oh actually you can't use that cpu or like you don't have so, you won't have enough wait, power wait, wait, wait. if you use that let me stop you for a second so yeah. pc part picker is that a retailer or that just directs you to retail i'm not really sure how they work i there it's not a retailer it's like okay. uh it's like a middleman i don't know whether they or how they make money whether it's off of ads or like maybe if you click through to the stores they link to they get a percentage something like that i don't i don't know but yeah it's not a store unto itself i don't believe unless they do i don't think so i generally it's you just link to new egg or amazon or something Got it. Um, so 
you just have to go through that and pick like this is the motherboard I want, this is the GPU yeah, I want. Yeah, and so I mean, I I feel like I think the last time I built a PC, I went to because there's a lot of great PC gaming websites that'll that they kind of update their build, so they'll be like, here's your. I think PC Gamer has this. I would imagine. Um, where it's like, here's your top of the line, like extreme gaming PC build, and then they just list the parts they recommend. So that's typically the parts are going to be the GPUs, the graphics card, the motherboard, the CPU, this is the processor, the RAM, uh, the case, the power supply, and uh, the hard drive. That's mm-hmm. I, I think I'm not forgetting anything. I think that's it. You know, you can you have to get a monitor sometimes, but like that. Ex- so is it really that much really cheaper than just going and buying something? Uh, it depends, but yeah, it really is a lot cheaper. Um, especially if you're smart about buying and you don't rush to buy. Like if you wait until stuff goes on sale or like get wholesale, uh, stuff, you can save hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Like you can get a really pretty baller PC if you don't buy a monitor or like all that stuff for it for easily for under a grand. Um, where if you go to one of those, you know, custom building PC sites and you get something comparable or like a good PC, they're really expensive. Like it's like, you know, they, they come in under 2K or over two grand. They, they can be very expensive. Really? So I could build a PC right now that's like high end for under a grand? Um, that's a good question. I'm actually not totally sure. But yeah, you could build a pretty, a pretty good PC for, for under huh. a grand. Um, and with, then, so, like, the the thing that seems most intimidating to me as someone who hasn't done this before is the actual assembly. Because yeah. it's not like, like building Legos where you get yeah. an instruction manual. It's, and, you definitely want to have, and, like, you have the advantage of, of having Gizmodo people, or, like, I'm sure there's people in the office, even in our tech department at Gawker or something, who have built PCs before, who you could just say, like, if you just need help on something, you can kind of email them and say, hey, I've got this screw and I don't know where it goes. And they can kind of tell you, which is helpful. I feel like most people probably have someone like that in their life. And that is a good person. Yeah. To have. So wait, 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 hold on. So <laughs> you get the cases and then do you literally just have to like piece together where you want everything? Like, how does that even work? Well, is there so- one... There's there are standards. So like you'll get a case that's you know usually a pretty big case if you're building a PC. You can get smaller ones and those get a little trickier because you have to get a special size motherboard and you have to make sure that your GPU will fit in there. And some of the graphics cards are really big and won't fit and you can wind up with things that won't fit. Though right. in theory PC part picker will tell you when you have like oh your case won't actually fit that. Um, like like a little red thing comes up and says oh you have incompatibilities in your build and then okay. you have to go change it. So as far and I've never. I don't know how consistent it is. I mean, it's good to kind of know what you're doing and not be counting on a website to tell you that stuff won't fit. But, um, but, uh, but you know, it'll it, it'll tell you. So there are standards. Like there's a standard motherboard size, and then when you buy a case, the case will say fits you know this type of motherboard. Uh-huh. Um, so you kind of know. And then also, if you're using one of those guides like a PC Gamer or wherever, they they always suggest things that they've built themselves that definitely fit and work. And then, so you get the, so you have to just assemble everything inside. Like, do you you put everything on the motherboard and and kind of attach things with? Do they all come with wires that you have to attach? Yeah, so they come with they come with screws and and cables and plugs, and you kind of and it all fits. Like, you can sort of see where everything is supposed to go. So the first thing you do, and and you know, different steps of this are more terrifying than other steps. Like, there there are always moments that feel. Uh, very like okay shit I'm doing this or at least I felt that way I'm sure if you've built 10 PCs you don't feel this way anymore I doubt I'll be that worried like now when I work on my PC I don't sweat anything because I've 
built it, which is actually kind of the cool thing about building a PC is that you just kind of relax about all of it and figure out, you know, just that it's going to be fine and you're going to be okay and it's going to fit and you're not going to break anything. But um, yeah, so the first thing you do is you assemble your motherboard or you attach your motherboard rather. So you kind of open it and then the motherboard case in particular is really like... um, the most intimidating one, the box. I mean, because you open it. And so the motherboard wait, when you is say you attach the motherboard, you attach it to the case. Yeah, to the mean? case. Okay. So it, you know, the motherboard goes. So if a if a PC tower case is kind of a, you know, looks like a building, the motherboard kind of goes up against the inside wall. So sure. the case always opens. One side of the case comes off, and then you're looking into like in through the side of the building, and then okay. you kind of lay the motherboard or you lay the case on its side. So you're looking into its guts, and then the motherboard kind of gets placed on these. Uh, kind of mounting uh, brackets, I guess. They're, they're designed to fit with the motherboard. So the motherboard has holes in it okay. that line right up with the little holes in the case. So you're already, it's like a little nerve-wracking, but also, you know, I mean, it looks like it fits, and it clearly fits. Like, this was my experience, anyway, doing this right, for the so first time. All, are, are all motherboards the same size, or some no, of them? No, they're, they're all, I mean, there's a standard, kind of standard okay. size, and then there's there are small motherboards you can get if you're making one of those little boutique PCs are like, you know, the tiny little ones you can buy or make that like a steam box that can go right next. It looks almost like a game console size thing. So a regular size motherboard obviously wouldn't fit uh, in in one of those cases. So you get a smaller one. But those are I feel like if you're building a PC for the first time, you should probably start with the standard. Yeah, which is it's kind of funny, actually, like I've because I was talking to our boss, Stephen about this. He was thinking about building one. He wound up buying um, a pre-made one. But I think a lot of people who want to make PCs actually do want smaller PCs. You know what I mean? Like you kind of want a smaller PC, right? Like I do, but I would rather if I'm going to spend the money, especially since I would only buy it when I'm in a bigger place and have a little more room, if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I think I want the most powerful possible mm-hmm. for like whatever amount that I wind up spending. That's good. So, That's good. That's spoken like a true PC gamer. You want the Yeah, most, well, I don't want I wouldn't want to have to upgrade it all the time. Yeah. Um, no, that's, and it's actually much easier to upgrade the bigger cases. Like they breathe better and you can just open it up and all the stuff is right there too, where those little ones get really tight and you have to kind of perfectly fit everything and crimp your cables around everything. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, well, so first of all, I mean, yeah, having a little one, there's some advantages to that, but if I'm going to put it in the living room and like hook it up to my TV and use it that way, it doesn't really matter how big it is. Right. Like I guess it is kind of a pain that the Xbox <laughs> one is like a truck and you it have to is. move it. It is. And I mean, I used to use um I've I I have a uh, Steam Link that I use now for most of my games that runs from my desktop down there, but I used to oh, use that's this smart. huge ass tower next to my TV and it is I mean, it's, it is like this giant, like, friggin' Imperial Star Wars black, like, monstrosity in your living room. Even in, like, a, you know, decent-sized living room. It, it, it is yeah. kind of big. But I, don't I mean, know. there I, are definitely ways you can hide it and make it yeah, seem like a natural definitely. part of the, the the living room set. But also, <laughs> the interesting thing is that it used to be, and I say this as someone who mostly games on consoles, it used to be that uh, the disadvantage of building a PC was that you have to upgrade your GPU uh, every couple of years to keep up. But now, with Neo and Scorpio on the way, the con- mm-hmm. uh, console gaming is going to have the same sort of issues. Uh, yeah, so. it, that'll be really yeah, and that's going to be a really interesting thing, like how similar that is and how that works. Like, like one thing, you know, we'll get back to mounting the motherboard in a second, I guess. But like, I so I just bought the reason we're kind of even on this is because I just got a new graphics card 
the new 1080, which is like the absolute hottest shit graphics card possible. And I totally just talked myself into buying is it. That, so when it's called 1080, does that have to do with the resolution or is that no, just the name of the That's the model, model number. number. So like the 900 series were the last ones, the 980 and the 970. These are the NVIDIA lines. Got it. So now the 1080 and the 1070 are the ones they just That's announced. confusing. Yeah, well, this is especially because like 1080, like, yeah, 1080 graphics, 1080p graphics. But actually, 1080 if you got the 1080p graphics, yeah, you, you would could be like hilariously <laughs> overkilling. Like, um, Fair yeah, it is, it is funny though. So I just got that and um, and installed it. And what I do usually is I sell my old graphics card. Like I'm selling my 980 Ti, which was still a really fast card. But I kind of was like, ah, like I want to get. Like I basically talked myself into getting this faster one when I didn't really need it, but I just sort of wanted it. And um, and part of the way I talked myself into it was by saying, well, there's still good resale value on the 980 Ti now, but in a year or two, it's going to be worth less and less and less as it becomes, you know, more and more obsolete. Oh, man. So <laughs> That's it, the, the GameStop trade-in. Uh, yeah, it, it is, except I'm not trading it into anybody. I'm just selling it on eBay, which I've sure, done that's for the, the mentality. last... Well, I've done it for the last few cards, and it's actually a really good way to go. I wind up saving a lot of money and upgrading. So... I'm definitely curious how how it's going to work with the Neo and the Scorpio, if you're going to be able to do that, if there's going to be much of a resale market. I guess there probably will be, right? Like for, for an old original PS4 or something. Well, so the funny thing is when Microsoft announced the Scorpio, like... They they made it seem like it's going to be a new a new console uh, entirely, which is fine. I mean, obviously it'll be called Xbox in some capacity, mm-hmm. but I would think that if they were smart uh, and had this planned out really well, they would say, and you'll be able to trade in your Xbox One or Xbox One Slim for the Scorpio, which would encourage a lot more people to buy Xbox Ones now instead yeah. of waiting for Scorpio. And then, um, and but then yeah, who do knows? like a resale thing where they'll sell it back. Like I think I, Apple does that with iPhones now, right? You can trade in your old iPhone straight to Apple and get like Apple Store credit or get money off your new. I think you can do that. And then I'm sure they make a killing reselling it to people for you know, a fraction of what they pay oh, yeah. you for it. And yeah, I, I would hope they do that just to make it easier, which I guess means that if you want to, you could also sell it on eBay or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's what I do with, with uh, PC peripherals. And it, it works. It definitely saves me money and lets me kind of stay on, on top so, of yeah, it. So yeah, so you're building the motherboard. Okay. Uh, you attach the motherboard to the case. Yes. What's the next thing you do after that? Uh, have a beer, because congratulations, you, you attach the motherboard to the case. Is that the hardest part? Um, no, I, <laughs> it's just the first step, but you should feel okay. good about yourself. Um, it's important to take breaks while building a PC and congratulate yourself for the progress that you've made. Um <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure the exact order, let me think. So you've attached your motherboard. I think the power supply goes in later. So one of the things you have to do pretty early on is attach and seat the CPU, which is the most terrifying part of the entire process, easily. Okay. Um, So CPU, you know what a CPU looks like? Like It's like the size of a, I don't know, four postage stamps placed side by side or so. It always has a little corner cut out of it. And your motherboard will have a spot cut out for it that you have to slide it in and the cpu has all these tiny little feet um on one side and the little feet go into the little holes on the motherboard and it sits right it gets like really snug in there but it's also like this really you know it's expensive like you probably paid like three or four hundred bucks for your cpu and it's this tiny it's really heavy like you pick it up and it's very heavy and you kind of slide it over um and you're just supposed to drop it right in without you know you can't rub it on anything or touch anything because it can get bent or fucked up like it's very easy to mess it up so the whole thing feels very fraught 
and you drop it into the motherboard, and then you have to do this thing which is called, like, you have to seat it and close this uh, cover using a kind of tension arm that sits out on the um, on the mother that come. It's part of the motherboard, so it's like okay. a, a little kind of hinged door that closes down over the top of the CPU, and then you like you you always just have to like push it harder than you wanted to or than you were expecting to have to because you're being so careful and it's like be careful with the CPU put it in very carefully okay it's in there and then you're like close it close it and then you're like shit it's not closing and you have to kind of start like really pushing it and you're like shit I'm pushing really hard and then you kind of push it in and it like even like the the board will even kind of distend a little bit as you're pushing it in, and it just feels like you're breaking and ruining everything when you're doing it and then you kind of get the tension arm down and locked and it's like closed and then you have another beer because this reminds me of building my living room table which uh is very wobbly and has never (laughs) quite worked properly (laughs) it's similar i mean it's similar to building furniture in that like you know just you do do just kind of follow the steps but there's always that x factor like i don't know if you find this when you build furniture but like the, the the instructions like tell you how to do it, but then there's always one step where you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. and it just doesn't oh, yeah, quite 100%. make sense. And, and or it, like something is missing or something yeah. doesn't fit properly. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And so and there's always it's there's a really interesting mental space I think like when you're building a PC because this always happens where you're in the kind of like okay, it's like Schrodinger's PC peripheral or something. Like you, it's like the the part may be right and maybe wrong. Maybe maybe it's nothing like Schrodinger's cat. I don't know. But it's like <laughs> you don't. Know, it's like a it's like an area of instability and and unsurety. But it's late at night and you're kind of doing it by yourself and you don't want to wait. You just until say tomorrow. unsurety. Yes. Well, wait. What would the word be? Uncertainty. Uncertainty. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Unsure. You're not sure. Unsurety. Unsurety. Maybe it's just a new word. Maybe it's yeah, a real well, word. When you're not sure about something, you have a certain level of unsurety. <laughs> yeah. So your level of unsurety is pretty high in this moment. And it's always like 1130 at night. And you're like looking at some cable or some shit. And you're thinking like, I don't know where this goes. The thing on the motherboard says one thing. The instructions I found online say another. This guy in the YouTube video did this thing. And you're like, You're not it. making this sound like a pleasant experience. No, no. It's it's fine. This is just one aspect of it. This is a very no, small sure. part. But it's like, but it's a fascinating one to me i think is the the moment of, of of faith maybe when you're making something because you you don't know exactly what you're supposed to do but you think you know and you're pretty sure that if you do the wrong thing you'll you'll be able to undo it which is almost always true uh with pc games so you know you plug something into the wrong thing it just won't turn on or like it you know it or it won't work and then you just unplug it and plug it into the right thing like it's very rare that sparks start flying out of it and you really ruined anything do but, you also um, have to install a fan in your uh, in your computer? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get to fans in a second. But um, oh, okay. but yeah, oh, all kinds of fans. So many fans. All so the, there's all a the CPU. You put in the GPU. You attach that to the motherboard, also. Yes. Uh, so the yeah. well, the, C, the CPU attaches to the motherboard. You don't do the GPU yet. Um, okay. So next thing to go in is the power supply, the PSU as it's called, and that's like a big okay. box that usually goes down in the bottom. So any PC you've ever looked in, there's like a big box down at the bottom, and that's just it's basically the thing you plug into the wall like it goes up against the back and the and the power plug like pushes through a little hole in the back of the case and that's where you plug it in and turn it on so that you know you you'll want to get one that's beefy enough to kind of power everything especially your gpu which sucks a lot of power um what about the hard drive uh hard drive is goes there's usually bays now in cases this is something i actually discovered with my new uh pc that i got or that i built 
Now cases have like a million bays that are really slick and they're custom made. So you get, you know what a hard drive looks like, right? Like a, an internal sure, hard yeah, drive, it's like a silver metal yeah, rectangle. Yeah, yeah. So they make these cool, the, the one that I have, I have a, what is it? it's a cooler master case. And so it, I assume um, they have multiple bays for a different, for if you want to put in a bunch of hard drives. Yeah. yeah. And I actually, I actually just got another one for, I have like three hard drives in mine now and it's actually really. Do you use solid state drives? I, uh, yeah. So what I did was I use one solid state drive. This is a pretty common approaches. One solid state drive and cause those are kind of small and expensive. And so you put your OS on that yeah. and then you put your data and right. stuff on bigger. Right. So you get two and they're kind of, um, uh, what are they? they're like, I got hybrid drives. They're like solid state. They have like a solid state cache, but they're mostly uh, standard hard drive. So yeah, so you plug those all in. You can kind of do this all in whatever order, I think. But yeah, you plug that all in, and it goes with these. It goes in these cool little bays. These little plastic doors get attached, to them, or like hinges, sliders get attached to them, and you can slide them into their nice little bays. And this part feels a little complicated, just because you have to kind of plug. I think it's an is it an ASAT? I think it's an ASAT cable that goes into a certain place on the motherboard. But it's really, once you start reading the motherboard, what's cool about motherboards is they write all over them where what's supposed to be plugged in where. So it's not like actually like this scary thing, right? It just says like ASAT cables here. And then your instructions will be like, plug those into your hard drive. And then you kind of look at the at the back of your hard drive. And you're like, oh yeah, it goes right there. And then it just kind of works. And, and that doesn't that seem in. so bad. Nah, yeah. It's it's not that confusing. And So um, the worst part is the CPU. Uh, that's the scariest part. And then yeah. um, once you've got that, the GPU is really easy because that goes into a serial um, port. Is that? Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> I'm getting all these terms right. <laughs> sure. Well, I'm doing, I'm totally winging it. Like, we're just talking about this. If, I, <laughs> if you, by the way, to those of you listening who want to correct Kirk on any of these please, things and please, talk about means. Um, please actually, send actually, an email to split screen at kachaka.com with all corrections. <laughs> corrections for Kirk. Insult. Actually, just assume that if I use the wrong word for something, I looked it up right after this podcast recording, and I'm aware that I used the wrong word. If I were writing an article, you can I edit. Yeah, you could add little edits. If you hear <laughs> listeners, if you hear, <laughs> hear me come in, actually, it's a. <laughs> um, yeah, it's SATA though. Serial ATA is the one cable, and then um, so you 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 plug your GPU and it's very easy, and um, it just goes into the side of the motherboard. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com/slash/metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay. Uh, one tricky thing that I actually learned um, that I've gotten more and more into is the thing you were asking about with fans. Which So once you have everything plugged in, your hard drives are plugged in, GPU is plugged in, CPU is seated, but it's kind of just sitting there. Motherboard is plugged in, power supply is like ready to go. You have your power cords running up to what they need to be running into. Uh, mm-hmm. So everything is basically ready. You have to cool your pc and cooling is like a really nebulous tricky 
kind of yeah that always seemed like the scariest part to me because it's so easy for things to overheat especially during july the worst month of the year it is it is actually easier to overheat when it's hot out i i've yeah yeah it's not scary but it's kind of intimidating because there's a million different ways to cool various parts of your pc and everyone's trying well, to sell so do you, you buy a new. fan when you're buying the rest of your parts? Is that one of the parts so you pick out? So y- when you buy a CPU, it comes with what's called a heat sink. So, you know, a heat sink is just like a metal thing that, like, connects. It's like copper connects, touches right onto the plate that's on top of the CPU. So when you pull down that tension arm, that's, like, the plate that just is right up against the CPU. The CPU gets hot as fuck, like, the minute right, it starts right, right. going. So the heat sink pulls heat off of that into the metal. And then Got there's it. a fan that kind of goes on the side of it and just blows air across the heat sink to cool it off. So that's like the most basic way you can cool a CPU. But if you're a true elite gamer, you definitely are going to do something more more involved than that. Um, so that can mean either getting a custom heat sink, which I've experimented with. You can get a they're like hilariously huge like metal fucking Tower of Babel thing that like sticks out of your, you know, just is just gigantic and pulls way more heat and has huge fans that go on it. Um, so you can get those. That's kind of the first step. Or you can get a liquid cooling um, apparatus, which I actually use now like an all-in-one uh, liquid cooler that I'm, that's fine, but I actually haven't, I think I maybe just haven't installed it right. Or, there's a lot of doubt involved in cooling. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, how do you know if it's working properly? Right. Uh, well, you have monitors, and like I, you know, you can run a thing called what's it called? Prime ninety five, I think it's called. And it's like it like just jacks your CPU, like it just makes your CPU do a billion process like computations at once. And you watch the temperature, and you have to kind of keep it within reasonable realm, like a reasonable realm, which I think is like kind of sub 80 degrees i want to say you you definitely don't want to be getting too hot Um, or you could just run google chrome and suddenly your cpu (laughs) believe it or not (laughs) that actually does cause your cpu to get kind of fucked sometimes um so you can uh, you know there's ways to test it but it's definitely it's weird because and I, i wrote about this actually in my article the main the main thing that really sucks about cooling your cpu is thermal paste so thermal paste is this like paste you know it's paste for thermal stuff it's you, <laughs> you probably guess you that. know it's this it's, it's this paste it's for this paste so you get like there's like a million brands and like so every every forum thread on like tom's hardware or like uh over overclock 3d or whatever it's called like or um all the like kind of overclocking like hardcore pc modding sites like every anytime anyone's ever talking about their cpu someone's going to start fucking talking about thermal paste and be like, yo, maybe you put your thermal paste on wrong. Like, maybe the problem is your thermal paste. And it's um, very uh, maddening because you can never know. You're, the thermal paste is like the great unknown of PC building. <laughs> it is the Rumsfeld, the known unknown. Um, you, because you, okay, so what you do is you like apply it to the top of the, the, to the top of the thing that you put down, you pull down over the CPU, right? So it goes right on, basically right on the CPU. Uh-huh. And then, um, and then you put. Oh, you know what? Actually, it goes right on the CPU. I'm remembering now how mine is set up. The thing you pull down goes around the CPU, but doesn't actually cover the top of it. So, you put it right on the top of your CPU. It's this like goo, and then you like push the heatsink down on the goo. So the idea is the goo gets spread around really perfectly, right in between the top of your CPU 
and the heat sink. So it kind of separates by this layer of goo that then conducts heat. So, <laughs> so you can imagine. Well, the only way to build a PC is is goo. If you're not using goo, then you're it's not true. really building a PC. It's true, and you're and you're possibly first off, if you don't install the goo right, you can totally fry your CPU, which would suck and could like burn your motherboard and ruin everything. You can get you goo everywhere. Goo everywhere. Um, and so and so. You, you basically can't check that you've done it right. Like everything else on your PC, right? You can look and be like, well, are the screws in right? Like, is it seated right? Is it plugged in the right thing? But you can't see it because it's underneath the heat sink. So you just have to be like, I guess I did it right. I don't know. And seriously, like, it, at least for me, and maybe this is just like my personal thing, but it drives me a little nuts. Like, there, I have like, there was a whole period of time where I, I kept taking the heat sink off. And then once you take it off, you have to redo everything. So you have to like wash off the, the thermal paste with like, like use a Q tip and pull it all off and then reapply it. And I did it so many times. This sounds times. terrible, man. <laughs> it's funny. So you're really you're not selling to, me on building well, a PC. Well, so that's not my job here. It's just to tell the honest <laughs> truth about building a PC. And I think that's the thing, right? Is that it isn't hard. You can do it. So wait, hold on a second. Okay, let me stop you here for a second. Yeah. yeah. So when I do my laundry, uh, and this is going to sound a little spoiled, a little extravagant, but I don't. I just drop it off at the laundromat, laundromat, and pay them twenty bucks for a load, and they'll just wash it and fold it for me, and then I just pick it up from there. And mm-hmm. I've been doing that for a couple of years now, and it's totally worth the money to save that yeah. time. It's like getting movers. Spend. It's like getting movers. If you exactly. Move, so yeah. so why would I not want to spend a few hundred bucks more to just buy a pre-made PC well, and not have to deal with thermal paste? Well, so, okay, I'll answer that question. But first, I should say, some of the stuff that I'm talking about, especially the cooling stuff, is really only applicable if you're overclocking. So if you are if you want to overclock your CPU... Uh, by the way, I should say, sorry to interrupt you, I should fine. say that I do this because I don't have a laundry in my building, so I would have to bring it somewhere anyway no, and, and I, like, go I, through the whole And I, I gather that's kind of standard practice in New York. Like, it's not in just New like York, a thing yeah. that, like, schmaltzy rich people do. Like, it is no, it's of, pretty common, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I'm talking about overclocking. So, like, if you're overclocking your CPU, you want to get it running above the, like, stock clock speed, that's mm-hmm. when you start to have to fuck with thermal paste. Actually, if you just built a PC with, like, a pretty good CPU and didn't care about overclocking it, it's actually ex- very easy to install the stock um What's the, the advantage of overclocking cooler. it though? Just, just, just to get the faster. Just it, you get the the most out of out of your CPU. So if I just want to, and I imagine most people who are interested in building a PC would, aren't don't really care that much about that, and just want to have access to this library of like great looking games. Uh, yeah, I think there's kind of an. I mean, I think there's a lot of overlap between people who like are into building their own PC and also want to overclock them. Like I think that that. There are a lot of people who like doing both because if you're really into building PCs, you then you kind of naturally get into overclocking because it's like sure. you built this thing, you want to get the most out of it, and it's kind of and it's kind of fun. It's like a fun hobby unto itself just to try to but see what if what you're kind not of really you into get. building PCs, right. you just want to build a PC exactly. and have it. Yes, if you want to do that, then it's it actually is much easier than making it sound because you don't have to. Okay. you don't have to okay. install a liquid cooler or a custom heatsink. Right, can you can. So it, I can just get came. a basic fan. Yeah, and the basic fan it even comes with like the thermal paste is just it's like applied. You don't even have to do anything. You just put it on there and you screw it in like on the Intel one. You just okay. screw the thing on, and when you turn it on, it like kind of melts the thermal paste initially, and it gets a good spread and is fine. So like you, you don't have to do this. Um, 
it is fun, but um, it's like the kind of thing I didn't use to do, and then and then kind of got into. But um, to the question, yeah, no, I can de- I can definitely see like getting into it, but I can also see just wanting to get it over yeah. with oh, and yeah. just like play games. Yeah, and you want to like play all the good PC games that are out there, which right. is super right. much much easier than this. And I would say also that the the idea you put forward when you're talking about getting someone to make it for you, I would bet you, especially living in a, seat, uh, a city, I don't know about this, but I bet that it would be a pretty good way to go to actually go do the thing I was talking about. Go to PC Part Picker, like, you know, pick all your parts, like, just decide what you want, order them all yourself even, get them all mm-hmm. delivered to you, and then just, like, find a, yeah, like, find a PC store and be like, I have all the parts. I already bought them. I'll pay, you know, what would you charge me to just put it together and, like, get it running well? And I bet I imagine you, it would be, like, 400 bucks, 500 bucks. Oh, I, I doubt it. Maybe. But it would take them, like, an hour or two. I don't think it would take that long. I bet you could find a place. I mean, I don't know, actually. I've never done this, so I don't know what the rate is. But even yeah. then, you're talking about if you spend maybe 800 bucks on that stuff and they charge you a couple hundred, you're still getting a really good PC that'll be, like, really well put together because it'll be someone who's done it a lot, you know, if, provided you go to a good shop. That could How be a can good I option. build my own Vita? That's the question. How can I build my own portable gaming <laughs> you can, machine? You can just buy, like, an NVIDIA Shield and buy and build a PC. I think that's the only way to do it. Is that thing um, good? Well, no, there's people who do it, though, right? Who, like... They'll like put a put a PlayStation Four in a suitcase, and then you open yeah. it, and there's like a screen in the top of the suitcase, so you could do it. I think it's doable. What I want, and and uh, I hope the NX is something like this. My my pipe dream for the NX is that it just plays any any Nintendo game. What I want is like a handheld device that's like the size of a 3DS or a Vita or whatever, and I can just open it up and have access to any old like game and now everyone's gonna be like just get an android phone and emulate all the games but i want something that's like legally uh yeah, have, gives yeah. me access to all that stuff i mean sure i can like emulate stuff on my computer or whatever but i would pay good money for a device like that yeah i think a lot of people would that'd be good but anyway they- um so the the building a pc doesn't have to get that complicated as but, complicated as he made it sound but, but well it let's can. so to see it through so we've got the thermal paste applied. You've got your, say, look, I've got a liquid cooler on this thing. So once you've done that and you've got everything, first off, there's a, there's a really glorious moment if you've ever built a PC. Um, the last thing you do before the glorious moment, unfortunately, is also tricky. Um, if you're using a most types of motherboard, you have to, like, you know the front of the PC, right? It has these buttons on it, like the eject. If you've got an optical drive, of course. you eject the drive or, like, the power. You have to the line re- it up. You have to line the motherboard up well, so the, no, Yeah, well, you have to plug it into those things. And each of those buttons typically has, like, a really tiny little cable. I talked about this also in the article I wrote about this. There's a whole little thing on the bottom corner, usually, of the motherboard. And you have to plug these tiny little cables into these tiny little plugs, and it's the worst. It's... It's the worst. It's there's no good way to do it. It's that just like, doesn't sound that bad. It it is though. But, I'd um, rather do that than deal with paste. <laughs> uh, yeah, the paste is the paste is bad. There's just something about like trying to line up each of those little cables with the thing. It's just like very terrible. But once you get that done, then then you're actually all set, and you all get right. to do the glorious thing, which is you turn it on for the first time, which is actually a really amazing thing if you've never built a PC before and you make it for yourself and you plug it in and everything looks good and you like press the power button and okay, sometimes it doesn't work, but 
for me, that's never happened. And, like, it whirs to life, and, like, all the fans start spinning, and the, there's usually, like, a lot of dumb LED lights, or cool LED lights, if you like PC LED lights. And so the lights all come on, and the fans come on, and the thing turns on, and it's this very, like, it's alive moment. It's very exciting. Does it come installed with an OS already, or do you have to install? No, you have yourself? to install it, but it's actually very easy to do. Um, I guess that's, yeah, I've, I haven't done it without an optical drive. I know you can make... Um, you can make PCs without an optical drive. I'd imagine you boot off of like a USB stick or something. But mm-hmm. um, I always do it. I still install an optical drive, and then you just put a Windows. I install Windows, so you put Windows in the DVD. It what does that mean? DVD. Install an optical drive as opposed to what? Oh, like a like install a DVD drive. Well, you don't need an opti- oh, you don't need it. an optical okay. drive anymore. Like there's no like games don't really. You can if you want one, you can have one, but you don't need it because no, everybody yeah. buys everything on Steam now. And, um, you know, there's there's no desperate need to have a DVD ROM drive like plugged in. Well, here. the one thing the one thing that bums me out is I've had to buy rebuy a couple of CDs on iTunes because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have a CD drive to put them in my old CDs in anymore. Yeah. It is actually I, this is the one working uh, CD drive that I have that can like burn CDs and read CDRs is on my gaming PC and I I do use it occasionally for that so and they're cheap as hell now yeah, I don't even know how much they cost yeah. like forty bucks or something you so maybe one. it's worth it yeah Who knows um, so yeah you what about see- a floppy disk drive no <laughs> no you don't need a floppy drive <laughs> why um, not I don't even I guess you can gotta probably, play those. Gotta play those old Gotta school install, Infocom install games. Quest for Glory on seven floppy disks, like back yeah, in the day. Man. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, man. Gotta play some Sorcerer. Yeah, it's important. I guess you can probably get a floppy drive if you want. I'm sure they have, make them that fit into the drive bays on a on a modern case. But no. Cool. Um, you, so, you, how much did you spend on your PC? Oh man, like over the time or when I was building my first one? When, when you were building, building your first one. one. When I was building this one, not counting the monitor. I bet it was like twelve hundred dollars. How much is a monitor? Uh, well, I already had one, but I don't know. You can get a monitor for a couple hundred bucks. I've gotten okay. various well, ones. So I, mean, I guess this... if I wanted to buy one and just hook it up to my TV, it would be. Oh yeah, do you have to install like HDMI port or is that? No, that's those, that's on the GPU. So the the GPU oh, okay. has like DVI and Display Port and HDMI outs. So it's Got it's it. all set and like everything at, at that point, like everything gets pretty easy like once you have windows 10 installed or whatever windows 8 and then it forces you to <laughs> install windows 10 or however it works now um you know you can everything just is pretty automatic like nvidia updates its graph its drivers automatically and there's always a kind of low-level pain in the assness to pc gaming just because stuff doesn't quite work right and you have to tweak things to get it sure optimized. Yeah. but you know like once you're there especially if you're just playing on your tv or, or you don't really care a whole ton about um, you know, overclocking or getting the maximum amount of performance. You can just leave your GPU sure. as is, leave your CPU as is, and just play games. Uh, and you're, you know, you're in pretty good shape. And then you have a gaming. Yeah, PC. that doesn't sound too bad. I mean, I think I definitely will do it next year at some point. Yeah. Um, and just hook it up to my TV and make that part of my my library of consoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could also be fun I, if I'm I out in New York. Worry. We could build it together. That might be a fun. Fun Ooh. project. We could like, yeah, like make it happen. live stream building a PC. Have people yelling at me. No, dude, you're doing the thermal paste wrong. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so much fun if we streamed ourselves building a PC in my living room. Oh man, we have to make that happen. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, now I have incentive to uh, to move to a bigger place. Okay. <laughs> and then get a PC. Yeah, I, I would definitely be into that. Um. So yeah. So outside of uh, PC gaming, what are you playing these days? Oh man, um, I played a cool VR game. 
Uh, I know we haven't talked about VR games in a little while, but I, I played a neat one on Stephen Totillo's recommendation. Which uh, one? It's called Cosmic Trip. It's like an early access. It's on Steam VR. So it's a it's a Vive game. I, I'm sure it'll work on Oculus Touch when those controllers come out, but for now I would say play it on Vive. It's super cool. Um, it's like a... Uh, it's basically a tower defense game, I guess, or like a real-time strategy game. It's kind of, you know, real-time strategy slash tower defense. You're kind of, you're on a planet, like a alien planet or something, I guess, alien. So it's third person? No, first person. So you're standing still and you have, you know, you you have your controllers in your hands and it starts out like your controllers are just kind of, can be weapons. So you press a button and they generate these discs and you throw the discs that are like, so it's not a gun, it's like these little robots come at you and you kind of throw discs at them. So you're kind of killing them with Frisbees. So that's the super basic combat. But then from there you kind of build, um, you build like stations around you. You know, you have, you don't move around a lot, but you have a 360 space around you. So you build like a robot building station and then you make like a mining robot. And then there's some crystal over there and the, the miners start mining the crystals. So then you build like a receptacle for it. So it's just like Starcraft or whatever, like an RTS. It sounds like it would be hard to keep track of. It's kind of not actually. It uh, moves at a good pace and you, it's very easy, like it's very tactile and easy once you get your head around the basic controls. And this was like the basic version of the game because it's in early access. But it's really cool. And then so then like waves of enemies will come to be like wave three is coming and you kind of have to protect your robots. And then you build protecton robots and then you, you can build like a turret that you grab with the controllers and then you're like mowing down robots as they come at you. And it has this like really kind of colorful, charming art style. It's really good. I was really, really impressed with it. I just played it like a couple hours ago because Steven's been telling me, dude, you have to play Cosmic Trip. You got to check out Cosmic Trip. You're really going to like it. It's a good VR game. And I concur with his assessment i think i'm gonna do a video of it or something for the site cool but, uh, yeah it's good it's yeah like that a, sounds pretty neat yeah it's like a vr game that is you know it's one of those ones that feels like okay this is like a solid vr game that i can just really play as a game and is fun mm-hmm. so i liked it uh, how about you what are you been playing um a couple things i just finished box box play which is just as good probably better than box play which was one of last year's best games mm-hmm. um it's, I don't know if Fox Boxboy will be on my list of this year's best games, just because it's so much like the, the last one. All mm-hmm. the mechanics are basically carried over, um, except you can use two sets of boxes instead of one. So that really is, out. so it really is, because there's an extra, I haven't played it yet, but there, because there's an extra box in the title, that means there's an extra box that, in the yeah. game. That's good. Yeah. That's how it works, yeah. It's a brilliant game. It's a little puzzle game. The basic gimmick is that you're this little four-sided square figure who can conjure up boxes uh, that can be used in all sorts of ways, like as platforms and as uh, door openers, and you can use them as hooks to get on ledges and uh, use them as snakes to get around, and it's really cool. It's a really smart, clever puzzle game. It had that, that, you know, what I liked about the first box play was it had that portally quality to it where it like taught you how to do something and then really quickly yeah and it just keeps building it up yeah Yeah. you like were always feeling like you were learning a new thing does the sequel do that or does it kind of you've already learned so many things in the first game like does it have that sort of well yeah so so a lot of the stuff carries over but it's less over tutorialized the way the first game was like Mm -hmm. in the first game it would be like here's a new world here in the first level of this world we'll teach you how to use hooks in the second level of this world we'll teach you another way of using hooks in this one it's more like in the first level they'll teach you how to use hooks and then it'll just be interesting puzzles after that Mm -hmm. so it's a lot better in that way Um, but it's all the same mechanics as the first one 
so it's mm-hmm. still hooks. It's still snakes. It's still there are a couple of interesting new twists because you can now use summon up two different sets of boxes. Right. So you might have to like make a platform and then make a hook to hook onto the platform you just made. And there are a lot of like oh, really right, interesting right, things right. like that. Yeah, it seems like that so, would really open it up. Like having it having does. Yeah, and it, it allows for some really interesting things, and it's more challenging than the first one, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, but yeah, I strongly recommend it. It's only five bucks on 3ds. So if you uh, like puzzle games, you will you will like this one. I'll get it. You I've also been it. playing. Uh, <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, finish. Oh, I was going to say I'll I'll get it just because I've I've recently rehooked up my old 3ds after losing my current 3ds and i now have oh, yeah. a, i now we have a 3ds show, again. Right? did we talk about that on the show that it was actually i think so maybe that it was pretty easy to do i think maybe we didn't well anyway whatever um kind of easy well, to do. that's the gist of it yeah if you lose your 3ds i was i mean you have to call them and that's sort of annoying but it wasn't that bad and now i have all my old purchases i can still download and um have a 3ds so that makes me want yeah. i actually need to download rhythm rhythm heaven too that's the other maybe we'll talk about that next time i'm on Oh, I'm, I haven't played that. That's not really uh, my type of game. Yeah, but um, the other thing I've been playing yeah. is Zero Time Dilemma, which we talked about a little bit the last time we were we did a normal show. Um, and now I've finished it, so now I can definitively tell you, yeah, you should play the first two games right. first. I would strongly recommend that everyone play all three of them. Um, the good news is that Axis just announced over the weekend that a port ports to PC are coming pretty soon. So uh, they should be easy, even if you haven't built a PC, even if you just have a, a gaming <laughs> Those are, a laptop with... Yeah, if you have integrated even graphics. Even if you just have a laptop with integrated <laughs> graphics like I do, uh, you should be able to run these games on, on yeah. your PC because they're not too intense, um, especially the, the first two. But yeah, I recommend waiting or finding a way to play the first two before you play Zero Time Dilemma. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, just because they're also connected. Yeah, I'm in. But no, yeah, it's no good. Hurry. It's got the ending has some interesting issues and leaves some things unresolved. But mm. maybe we can do a spoiler cast one day in the future when you play them all. Um, I gotta play Inside. Yeah, uh, speaking of spoiler cast, that's, that made me think of someone was tweeting at us saying we should talk about that game with more we should spoilers. Do, yeah, spoiler cast on Inside. No, it's uh, it's something that. I don't know. I think it just came to PC, so maybe I'll see if I can run it on my laptop. Um, I don't really feel like hooking up. I have this Xbox that's like the Office Xbox that's been sitting in my living room unhooked up for like a you, year now. Seriously, you should hook it up to play this game. Um, it's only three hours long. Is it really like, worth need it? To leave it? Yes, it's really worth it. It really is. It's like going to be a game of the year contender. This is inside we're talking about now. Um, that is, uh, it's an incredible game. And yeah, I think we can do... It's out. I think it's tomorrow that it comes out on Steam. And I honestly don't want to spoil listeners on it either. But I think it, at some point in a, little, in a couple weeks, maybe, we can, we can talk a little more in depth about it. But you got to play it, man. I just want to know what you think of it. I just want everybody to play it because it's so freaking cool. And I think you'll like it. But it, you, you, yeah, it, so it's worth I, setting I up actually, an Xbox for I played a game at E3 that Steven said was very reminiscent of it. Mm-hmm. And the game I played at E3, which I talked about on the show, uh, we were doing our recap, it was called Black the Fall. Oh, and yeah, it was yeah. kind of like you run through this Russian factory and like communist, some communi- communist dystopia. Um, and you have to use this like laser pointer to escape it. And it's very much like uh, that old game Out of This World. Mm-hmm. And I hear that Inside is also very much yeah, like Out of This World. It's a lot like Out of This World. Like it has, there so are, that's cool. Yeah. It's that style of game design is like kind of 
I don't know if it's had a resurgence, but it's cool to see it again because I really like Out of This World or another Yeah, I don't. World. That doesn't qualify as a resurgence. No, <laughs> but, but, um, but it's well, cool. yeah, but it, it's more like that than Limbo even was. Like it has yeah. more of this sense of you're just in this other place and you're just trying to keep going right and not get killed, and it becomes increasingly difficult to do that. Um, but it's really, it's man, it's something else. Um, any listeners who've played it, I'm sure know what I'm talking about. But it's uh, it's great. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So uh, I've been thinking about playing, replaying Danganronpa and its mm. sequel because I forgot some of what happened and I kind of want to experience <laughs> yeah. it again. You know, I um, when it came out on PC, I played, I wound up playing the first chapter I think through of the first Danganronpa, which it makes me remember why those games take so long. Because the first chapter is like long as hell. I was up until like two in the morning. I remember just just going through the trial, the trial just went on and on and on because there was so much dialogue and like so much stuff happening. Um, but it was really mm-hmm. fun. Uh, it was, it was really cool. It did. It made me want to, I had probably replayed on Vita, but it made me want to play through them again as well. Yeah. Those games are really cool. Um, I don't know if we've actually talked about them on the show cause they came out, what, in 2014? Yeah, it was kind of pre, I think, we, I think we've alluded to them or mentioned our, our fandom of Yeah, Monokuma. isn't the third one supposed to come out this year? Haven't they said yeah, that? I was about to ask you. I feel like you're usually on top of this stuff. I figured you'd know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they've talked about it in, in a long time. Mm. I should send an email to, to NIS America. And be They'll like, be like, hey, well, actually, we have review codes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? I think I remember that happening with Dang and yeah. Rapid 2. They're, they're like, like, oh, they're like three months early. <laughs> you can yeah, play it or something. That was pretty funny. Um, that, yeah, was, that was good. Incredible. Um, I'm looking forward to I Am Setsuna, which comes out yeah. in just two weeks. Have you yeah. seen that game? Yeah, I looked into it a little when you were talking about how it's like this Chrono Trigger-inspired thing. And it looks cool. I'll totally play it and have other new games to play, so I'll check it out. Yeah, the only bummer is that the Vita version isn't coming out in the U.S. In in Japan, yeah. it came out on PC, PS4, Vita, and then here it's only coming PC, PS4, which is sad because i would totally play it on vita but it's, it's like it'll be fine then you know how there's like they made a remote play app for pc so you can like play playstation games on your pc they need to do the yeah. opposite and do like a vita pc remote play app where you can play pc games on your vita like on your streaming. vita yeah that'd be really great. good um just oh, turn man. your vita into a shield and then you could just i could just i would play all these you know rpgs play stardew valley on my vita oh it'd be so good I also played a little Star Ocean 5, which is kind of lame from what I've seen so far, and mm-hmm. it, I really can't play anymore because the camera is so nauseating. Oh, that. that's right. You were talking about that. That sucks. Yeah, the camera, for some reason, they decided to fix the camera to your character and have it like really sensitive, so it just jut- like judders up and down Ugh. when you walk over terrain or like walk up steps and stuff like that, and it makes it really difficult for me to play. Someone suggested that I zoom out uh, a little bit, but 
even that didn't work for me, so I really can't. And Mike, Mike has played more than I have, and he says it sucks anyway. So, uh, <laughs> so it makes you nauseous, and it's not very more. good. Probably, yeah. uh, probably skip a combo of factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw some people. It's funny. I saw some people online complaining about all the negative reviews and saying people should support JRPGs if they want more JRPGs to come here, even <laughs> if those games are bad. And it's like I kind of get that perspective. I kind of get where they're coming from, but also like, no, we shouldn't support shitty games. I mean, that's basically where like fandom and advocacy overwhelm your critical faculties and you're suddenly just like willing to say whatever because you care more about yeah know, well here's a, a here's a uh, here's an interesting dilemma for you so say that a third Rampa game came out and it wasn't very good but you wanted people like would you want I mean, obviously, you tell people that it wasn't good, but wouldn't you kind of want people to buy it anyway, just so they made a fourth one and like continued that series? Uh, no, I mean only no. because like I just I I pretty much separate the you know if I'm doing criticism for professionally. No, I'm not talking about like no, no, no. I just I'm not talking about your reviews in my head. Like, but I mean, I like no, just really but I'm saying them. you would still have them. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm not saying you would write on Kotaku like you no, might review of Danger Rampa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I'm I, saying that like in your head, like I, I always kind of like I. I think I'm, you're saying that in your head you would feel this way. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, like let's say zero times blah blah, blah wasn't very good. Like I would. I would say that in my review, I would say this game sucks, but I would also be kind of hoping that people bought it anyway, just so we could get a fourth one. Because I feel like if they, if that one tanked, we just wouldn't get another one. Even and and I like that game. I like it when games are risky and go into genres that aren't necessarily commercially successful, yeah. even when they fail. Yeah. So I can see why people would be like, oh, if you don't support Star Ocean, even if it's not great, you know, people won't bring JRPGs here anymore. So it's kind of I I see where they're coming from. But it's like, that's not the right attitude to have. Yeah, I mean, I think, right. It's like when someone has a really original idea, even in the West, to make a game, and they get greenlit, and somehow the game gets made, and then it's just not very good. Like, I've definitely had that feeling of, you're like, man, I really wish you'd made a good game. I guess I sometimes, I, I sometimes think that even if, you know, the game fails, nobody buys it, uh, the creative team falls apart, like, that's not always the end of the world right like those people will go and make other things like there will be other they'll have learned from the experience and like right you know you're it's it's still mostly just about being like hey this is what it is but yeah i know i know what you mean where you just like you wish they people are especially want, sensitive to japanese want, games yeah, because often get a it's like chance. Well, with Japanese games, it's often like uh, this game might not even be like mm-hmm. people are so worried about games not yeah. getting localized because so many games come out of Japan that aren't actually brought to English. So, like, we might if there was another Star Ocean game, maybe Square Enix would not even bring it over here because people here didn't like the fifth one. It's a- and so the question is like. Like, whose fault is that? I mean, people have to be honest if it's a bad game, but also, yeah. like, that doesn't mean we don't want the next one. And it's funny, I kind of have that, like, trepidation with Final Fantasy fifteen as yep. it comes closer and closer. <laughs> yep. Like, what if it sucks? <laughs> Are we never going to get another Final Fantasy game? Yeah, I. it's funny, because that, that is related, I guess, when you say that. It, it reminds me of a thing I've actually been seeing, um, uh, I guess, with... I guess with The Division lately, but also with Overwatch, with a lot of online games where there's this idea of, uh, among the player base, like the remaining player base with a game like Division where a lot of people have stopped playing, of like, they need to fix it now because if they don't fix it 
quickly and they don't get this game working, we're going to lose all the players and everyone's going to leave and then the game will fail. And this game that I really like that's like currently flawed but could be so good will never get a chance to to um, flourish. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, That's interesting. It's not the same thing, but it's like a little similar, like in that there's this worry sure, yeah. that like you want it to succeed, but in order for it to succeed, they need to get fixing these problems because everyone's leaving. And like, that's definitely, you know, that's like a thing among division players right now, for sure. I think it was a destiny thing for a while too, where people just worried like this game's going to die before it reaches its potential. Yeah, it's not just video games. I was uh, bummed out because Popstar, which is mm-hmm. one of the funniest movies of the year, you saw it too, <laughs> yes, right? it's a very funny movie. It's fantastic. It's uh, it's my favorite movie of the year. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, you should um, and get the soundtrack because it's incredible. <laughs> it's but good. anyway, I was bummed out because that bombed at the box office and yeah. it made me think, oh man, they're, these, the Lonely Island guys, they're not going to get another chance to like do a crazy, weird experiment like this because their this try wasn't commercially successful. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's not just video games. Oh, yeah, this yeah. sort of like, like fandom, like creative attachment to a property comes from. Um, but in video games, it seems to be more rabid because people just by the nature of inter- it being an interactive medium, people feel more attached to their favorite games. Yeah. And obviously, with an online game, you keep playing it over and over again, and and you want you people of- to play with you. Like you, it there's it's almost it is it's similar. Also, like with Japanese games, it's kind of like sometimes the game exists, but they won't bring it to America in a format in which you can play it or in a language you can play it in. So you have to kind of just sit there knowing that because the last one didn't sell well, you know, this is like Operation Rainfall stuff. Like, because the game didn't sell well, you won't get to play it, which is a... But par- that succeeded. It's, it's a more sh- like No, no, Mother I'm three. saying, like, that's what fueled that, though. It's like, it's a shitty feeling, and you don't want to feel that way. And, like, yeah. in online games, it's the feeling of, like, this game is so cool, and I love playing it. I just wish there were other people playing, because it requires a buy-in from a certain number of thousands thousands of people in order for me to still play it and right now there's nobody to play it with so the servers are all empty so this thing i love is just like it's there it exists but it's out of out of reach it can't be used because it wasn't popular enough Uh, which is yeah yeah, which would be a it's a frustrating feeling it's a bummer yeah um Fortunately, that has not happened to Destiny, the, game, the, yeah. the online game yeah, that we they both play. Still play that game, man. Um, did I tell you that I? Oh my god! Really briefly, I've mentioned this to you, I think already. But I last night I did Oryx Hard Mode. We're going to talk about Destiny. We haven't talked about Destiny in Sony podcast, and I don't think it's even a joke anymore. Well, that's not true. We talked about it during E3 when Rise of Iron was announced. Oh, okay, a little <laughs> bit. Well, so I played I played Oryx Hard. So I've never beaten Oryx Hard Mode. I, I think you haven't either, right? No, I haven't. Right, so neither of us have because, because we were Because, well, we played smart. when the raid came out on hard mode. <laughs> yeah. We played through it all and got to Oryx, and that was the point where Oryx was just, like, totally unfair, like, dumbly, yeah. stupidly hard, so we just skipped it. And so we, this was, you know, now we have friends who have been playing this game, like, just, like, regularly. Like, they just keep playing it. They've been playing it this whole time, and they do Oryx every week still. And now, like, the light level's gone up so many times, they're like, oh, yeah, it's totally easy, man. So um, one of our friends, Adam, invited me to do it last night, and he's like, hey, we're gonna do hard mode run. You totally should do it. It's easy now. We do it all the time. And I'm like, sure. I'm like, it better fucking be easy, dude. Like, you better not be (laughs) bullshitting me. And then, of course, it was a disaster, and it, it wasn't because of me or anything. Like, it wasn't really any one person. It was just, like... It was hard, and we kept dying. And we played. It was fine. We played a couple hours. I haven't played Destiny in like two months, and um, <laughs> and it was fine. But it was still. I was laughing my ass off the entire time. Like by the time we got to, we were close to Oryx, and people had to go because it was late. And I'm like, we're not going to beat Oryx again. It's going to be the same thing again. And it was just such a Destiny experience. Like, oh, it'll be easy, bro. No problem. Nope. 
So you left? Yeah, we went and played Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good solution. It was. It was fun. And I was like, all right, this is fine. Yeah, that was This is a fun night of video games. Do you think Overwatch is going to have the lasting power of, of other games of its elk? I think if they update it, yeah. I think if they like keep it balanced and they get competitive mode sorted and like keep adding new characters, like I considering how raw it is, like on PS4 right now, it's like a couple game modes and there's all these missing features, like and how fun it is and how much I've played it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's got really serious staying power. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well. Well, uh, Destiny will be back soon when Rise of Iron comes out, man. And I guess they're going to announce probably in this week's weekly update. They they said they're going to do like the moments of triumph thing, which is like the yeah. year two badge of accomplishments. Well, they leaked, and, or someone said the data miner kind of said he found those. Right, someone so found it. Like, yeah, and one of them is hard mode RX. Yeah, we'll definitely have to go do hard mode RX. And like there was, oh, and I haven't finished the Crucible quest, so I'll have to go do that. Um, I was using it what, sucks. What was it? Yeah, I know. Well, I'm really close to the end though. I was I was using the. Uh, uh, some pulse rifle oh the the um the trials or the the iron banner pulse rifle and it was just making me be like oh yeah like destiny crucible is fun i kind of want to go <laughs> play destiny crucible and um uh that made me want to go back and, and get into mm. the crucible a little bit more yeah um so we gotta wrap it up but before yeah. we do anything else you're playing uh that you wanted to talk about oh man there's other stuff but whatever we can we can, we can talk about it next time next time yeah. so you're going on vacation next week yeah next time i'm back i guess i won't be here next week but uh, in two weeks right. we'll return so next week we will have uh, a substitute yes a substitute teacher to replace kirk hamilton mr hamilton is no longer with us yep i'll be sitting uh, in, a, in minnesota at a lake it's gonna be great i'm pretty excited is that what you're doing it. you're going yeah. on vacation yeah an actual vacation this time so like with family and stuff Got it. As opposed to your four-week fake vacation. That was, that you well, I mean, I worked the whole time. Like that was a sabbatical. It is technically different. It's true. Fair enough. Um, okay. Well, that's. I mean, July is a good month to take a vacation in because it's such a mm-hmm. shitty month that it's good to have a week off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my thinking. I was like, well, fuck this month. Man, I'm I fucking hate July. Go sit by it. Like- it's it's like twenty twenty four days twenty five days left until July is over. All right, I can deal. Yeah, Three no weeks, problem. I, can I think manage. we can make it. I think it'll be fine. Yeah. We can yeah, at least uh, at least a couple of games. Quick question before we we finish uh, today's show off: Do you think that No Man's Sky is actually going to come out on August eighth when it's supposed to come out? <laughs> uh, not really, based on any inside information. No, I just my gut tells me it's going to be delayed again. Yeah. What do you think? I I agree with you, hundred yeah. percent. I. I <laughs> which is fine I i'm also am okay i want that game to be good when it comes out i'm fine with yeah. them taking as long as they need but yeah it yeah. seems just it's one of those things where when i picture playing that game on august 9th or whatever and i then think no that's not going to happen you're not going to be playing this yeah. game in three weeks uh but we'll it see it seems it seems unlikely but yeah i don't know we'll see or it might come out and it'll be broken or terrible or something like uh, that i hope not oh i just hope it comes out and it's good and everyone can just be like it's good let's not yeah go me too crazy at each other yeah about it. I really um, hope so. I really yeah, hope it's yeah, really cool and uh, like really interesting and like like changes our our conceptions of what video games can and, do and the world and our lives and ourselves and just makes us rediscover the beauty of existence. Yeah, did you hear it's big? <laughs> I heard it's big. I heard it's bigger than any game. <laughs> I heard it's really big. <laughs> oh yeah, one more thing, real quick, that we have yeah. to hit. Uh, have you been watching Summer Games Done Quick? 
Uh, a little bit. I've been watching the highlights on our. On it's our such site. a blast. I really love it. Yeah, it's, they're good. It's so much fun to watch. I watched some, some of, of that uh, that Castlevania blindfold run. That was cool. Ridiculous. There are a couple of really there are a couple of games that are just like built for speedrunning, like mm-hmm. uh, Castlevania, Mega Man, Zelda, a lot of those like old school type games. Um, my favorite so far has been the Link's Zelda Link's Awakening run because mm-hmm. Link's Awakening is is uh, one of my favorite Zelda games. Uh, one I've recommended that you play. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing to bring on your vacation, by the way. Mm-hmm. Get it on your yeah, 3ds. It's like that. four bucks. Thought about taking some kind of some kind of mobile gaming. Yeah, get, dude, totally. You got to get Link's Awakening. It's okay. so good, and it holds up so well. It's okay. you'll you'll love it. I think okay. right. um, it's such a good, such a well designed game. But anyway, so that speedrun speedrun was a ton of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I find that the games I enjoy watching are usually games I played of and know. I think that makes sense, right? That you yeah. Well, no, some people watch all of them. No oh yeah, what, but I mean, it so. makes sense that you like the ones that you played the most. Yeah, I think you appreciate watching these guys and girls break apart games more when you yeah. know how they're actually breaking and mm-hmm. what they are supposed to look like. Right. Um, right. But yeah, but I, I highly recommend watching that if if you haven't checked it out already. It's always a lot of fun to uh, to watch all those speedruns. It's mm-hmm. really cool. They do some remarkable things. And like the way that, so like with this Link's Awakening run, it's like, this guy speedrunning it has to know all these intricate things and memorize all the things to do for like an hour and a half of this game and he must have played that game hundreds upon hundreds of times yeah, I, just to just, memorize the route yeah, I can't fathom it I can't fathom what I mean I guess it's the same as learning like an extremely complicated piece of music it's basically you just practice for a hundred hours and get it under your fingers and then you can do well it. it's not just you it's learning that complicated piece of music and then being having to play it without sheet music because you're just like literally oh, yeah. I mean, like, but when you spend a hundred hours learning a complicated piece of music you sure you play it without sheet music <laughs> like you have yeah, it yeah 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 um, yeah, it's very similar, and and yeah, that whole games music parallel that you've made before definitely applies here, because mm-hmm. um, it's it's not just like going into the game and poking around and figuring out. It. Like if you watch these roots that they use, they're all very meticulous. So it's mm-hmm. like the this guy will do the same exact exact path on his YouTube videos and if you go back and watch all the older videos he's following the same exact route mm-hmm. like optimized to shave off as many seconds as possible mm-hmm. it's really crazy how meticulous they are and how impressive the things they do are um, and all the tricks they find it's so much fun to watch yeah it's good I gotta watch more but uh, it's a good it's recommendation cool. for sure so I think that's about it mm-hmm. uh, Kirk it's been fun yeah, uh, I will go build a PC at some point in the near future <laughs> some July next <laughs> July July is a good PC building month as always thank you all for listening to Kotaka Split Screen uh, you can reach us at splitscreen at kotaku.com send us your questions suggestions etc find us on iTunes subscribe leave us nice ratings we always appreciate those ratings and reviews um, they help us get up the charts which is very useful and uh, I think that's about it yeah I think Farewell, that'll do Kirk. it alright later goodbye goodbye